Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. And I have on the line to talk to us uh, is Amy Lewis. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for, for talking to us this morning. Uh, quite a few stories uh, featuring in, in this week's uh, Gory Garden. Um, Keela's agonising three-year wait for vital surgery. Tell yes, us, tell so us the, the story. This is a, a story written by myself on the front page of this week's Gory Guardian concerning 11-year-old Keela Mahoney from Ardemine who has been on the urgent waiting list for surgery for three years. And so Keela lives with spina bifida, hydrocephalus and scoliosis and I suppose all of the physical complications that come with those conditions. Um, she has been on this urgent waiting list awaiting for surgery and in this time her mother Kira tells me that her condition has deteriorated rapidly. Uh, her back arch caused by her scoliosis has worsened. Her foot is now permanently turning outwards and her physiotherapist has said there is no point in continuing to do physio until she receives this surgery. Uh, Kira told me that if they don't get this surgery soon they're looking at it being inoperable and she said to me I feel frustrated and disheartened by it all. As a parent you want to do what you can for your kids especially if they have enough struggles as it is. Everywhere I, where I turn I'm hitting my head off of a brick wall. Um, so I suppose Keela is one of a number of children who are awaiting surgery uh, for scoliosis or spina bifida. Uh, at the end of September, uh, the figure for children awaiting scoliosis surgery was 238 children, and the number of children awaiting surgery uh, for spina bifida, uh, or related to spina bifida rather, was 75. Uh, so Minister Stephen Donnelly has said that the delays and the cancellations that many parents are facing is due to a large surge in a virus in the hospitals, reducing the capacity of staff. Um, but I suppose parents like Kira and and their children are, are just, you know, this is an urgent matter. Uh, they don't have the time to, to wait any further. Um, and they're seeing their kids' uh, health deteriorate day by day. Uh, Kira is hoping to see if she can secure this treatment abroad for Kila. Um, but at the moment, she, she's feeling quite hopeless and just trying to keep going, I suppose. God love her. We hope we hope things get better. That's that's all we can say. So that's in that, that you have that article in in this week's Gory Guardian. I see here yeah. also um, Porrick Byrne talks about the GSOC probe into the granting of bail to Sharon's killer. Tell us more. Yeah, so Porig in his piece outlines how uh, the GSOC is set to carry out a full investigation into the circumstances whereby a man with a history of violent assault was granted bail before going on to viciously murder Wexford mother of two, Sharon Bennett. Uh, so Sharon was murdered in Clare in 2021 following a prolonged assault and her killer, Patrick Ballard, was sentenced to life in prison in October of this year. Uh, however, it emerged last month that Patrick was granted bail on a charge of viciously, viciously assaulting another woman on December 23rd, 2020, two months after he was freed from prison for a prior assault and just one month before Sharon's murder. Uh, so the GSOC investigation comes following official, an official complaint made by the family of Sharon Bennett. Uh, her parents, PJ and Vicky, are seeking answers on behalf of their late daughter, uh, with PJ saying, we hope that maybe this could save some other girl's life down the line. Uh, so Padraig delves further into this in this week's Wexford People and outlines some of the questions that PJ and Vicky have, I suppose, uh, as to why this man was allowed to, to roam free and ultimately uh, kill their beloved daughter. Okay, Porrick Byrne has that extensive story in this week's paper. And I see um, David Newby. It, it must be five or is it five weeks ago now since the uh, the tornado down in South Wexford? And uh, there's still an appeal for, for help as, as we go into Christmas. Yeah, that's it. I mean, several weeks have passed, but the people that uh, experienced the damage and devastation caused by that are, are still still living with that uh, with no necessary end in sight. Uh, so in his piece, 
David gives a very vivid account as to what people are living with and, and the damage that was caused. Uh, it was laid bare in a series of letters to Wexford TDs and councillors. Many of, of the letters are described and outlined in David's piece. Uh, this includes a letter from a couple whose children were preparing for sleepover at the time of the tornado, obviously oblivious to, to what was about to happen. Uh, the letter says, Since that day, neither my wife, young family or myself can sleep peacefully or at all. Weather conditions recently have not helped. Our health and well-being has been weakened daily. We need financial support and we need it immediately. Uh, he also has some accounts from David Byrne, who was preparing to move into his dream house, which he'd been working and saving for since 2013. Uh, these dreams have have gone, I suppose, uh, with, with the tornado causing a significant amount of damage there. Um, another man uh, speaks of how his own house and the homes of his family's family members were destroyed. Uh, he said the phone call he had to make to some family members about the devastation was as bad as giving a death notice and that since this terrible day, only for their family members, they've barely been able to cope. Uh, so David outlines a number of stories in this piece um, and really just highlighting the, the desperation faced by many people as they try to rebuild their, their houses, their businesses and, and their lives as well. Well, we're going to conclude our chat with you this morning, uh, thankfully, on a, on a positive note. Maria Pepper has this uh, this story. Uh, Trinity Wharf, there's a, a long-running uh, negotiations with Irish Rail have come to a conclusion, which means that the Trinity Wharf development can now proceed. Uh, am I right? Yeah, this is correct, and this is really positive news for the people of Wexford, particularly uh, considering the housing crisis that we are in. So in Maria's article in this week's Wexford People, uh, she discusses a planned 100 million euro waterfront residential development for Wexford, uh, which will consist of 175 houses and 238 apartments at Carcourt. Uh, this was granted planning permission in 2020, but was significantly delayed for two years uh, due to Irish Rail's failure to give final approval for an access bridge over the Wexford to Rosslare railway line, uh, despite detailed agreements with Wexford County Council several years earlier. Uh, so Maria spoke with uh, William Neville and Sons regarding this, uh, who told her of the frustration that they faced uh, trying to get engagement with Irish Rail and ultimately uh, pursue the, the project and, and carry out the project. Um, and the loss of time, I suppose, that, that they've faced uh, in getting started with this. Uh, so the Wexford people contacted Irish Rail shortly before midday last Thursday, questioning the reason behind this two-year delay and asking when they expected to sign off on the access bridge. Uh, shortly before 5pm that evening, William Neville and Sons received a letter approving the draft bridge design and they're hopeful now that this can commence in 2023 and hopefully we can see these houses uh, coming to Wexford in the coming years. Great positive note to end. Thank you very much indeed. I, I, that, that's your first time to talk to us, uh, Amy, is it? This is your first yeah, time? Yeah, it is indeed, but, but hopefully one of well, many. The, the first of many. Thank you very much indeed. That yeah, was Amy exactly Lewis there well. from the Gory Guardian. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.